Welcome to the Rockcast. This show sucks. Well, yes, that was the voice of my daughter Zoe back when I think she was about nine years old. She is now 22, which might give you an idea as to how long I've been doing this show. And he still sucks! But today on episode 248, I will do my best to bring the fun and mayhem, and hopefully you will be mildly entertained. But I'm going to start things out today by reading a message from somebody on Facebook named Betty Kenneth. And I don't believe I know Betty and she's not on my friends list. And her profile picture is of a cat. But she sent me a message and it simply said, hello, what's up? Well, that's a dumb question. And it's funny because I get this a lot. People I don't know will just send random messages that just say stuff like, How are you? And once in a while, I'll go check out their profile just to see who they are. And we will have no mutual friends. And they'll just have a lot of pictures of African people. And I hate to be this way, but I won't usually answer them because, you know, uh, they might be trying to scam me or something. No! Yeah, but, uh, you know, today I thought, what the hell, I'll go ahead and answer Betty. Because, you know, I'm sure she's a regular listener of the Rockcast. Not a chance! So, anyway, thanks for asking, Betty. And to your question, what's up... Well, I've been staying busy. I've gotten quite a few commissions lately uh, to do paintings for people. Todd Bush had me do a portrait of Robert Smith from The Cure. Brian Tracy in Texas had me do a couple of paintings of Scott Stevens from the New Jersey Devils. So yeah, I not only do rock stars, I do hockey players, I'll do uh, football, whatever. For instance, I uh, recently did one of Spock from Star Trek. And I've also got a bunch of prints available on my website of uh, most of the paintings that I've done. And a lot of them are famous rock stars like Angus Young, James Hetfield, you know, Hendrix, so on. But I've also got prints of Galactic Cowboys, uh, even myself. The ego on this guy. That's right. I kept having people tell me, hey, you ought to do a portrait of you holding that eight string you used to play back in the early 90s. And I'd say, you mean like back on the Space in Your Face tour? And they'd say, yeah, that. And so I said, okay, and I finally did it. I did the painting, and I sold that, and now I've got prints. He's an egomaniac. So if you want anything like that, they're 35 bucks. That includes free U.S. shipping. I'll sign them for you, and it'll get there in a few days. So check all that stuff out on MontyColvinArt.com. Commercial's over. So that's that. Uh, Let's see, what else is up? Uh, Well, if you know me, you know that I like sports. And I try not to talk about it too much on this show because I know some people don't like sports and they're not interested. It's kind of like when people talk about cars. I don't care anything about cars and the only thing I care about cars is that they work when I put a key in them. 
And when I hear a guy say stuff like, uh, I just replaced the camshaft filter on my V6, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. And yes, I was just impersonating Jimmy Jeff. Hell yeah. So I get it. There may be some of you out there when I start talking about sports, you want to turn this off. Well, go ahead. Because it's my show and I love sports. And the other day, I started thinking about how much sports has changed since I was a kid. I played basketball when I was in grade school and high school, and my dad was a huge sports fan when I was growing up. Amazing info. And I started thinking about all this the other night when I went to a Colorado Avalanche game with my girlfriend Alex. And I love hockey. It's played by real tough men who are very talented. And uh, if something pisses them off, they just drop the gloves and fight. And right now, the Colorado Avalanche is one of the best teams in hockey. And I just love going to see them play. And so one day, Alex and I were going to go to the art museum in Denver. And the day before, I see that the Avalanche have a game. And I said, well, why don't we just do that after we go to the museum? And so I get on my phone and I find the cheapest tickets that they had, their seats in the upper deck. But after Ticketmaster adds all their fees and charges, those tickets ended up costing me 50 bucks a piece. And it made me think back to when I was about 11 years old and I was living in Phoenix, Arizona in the early 70s. And my dad told me that for my birthday, he would take me to see the Phoenix Suns play the Boston Celtics. And the Suns had my favorite player of all time, Connie Hawkins, and the Celtics had John Havlicek. And my best friend at the time was a guy named Snooks. And Snooks also liked basketball, and so I asked my dad, hey, can Snooks come with us? And I'll never forget my dad saying, well, the tickets are $4. If Snooks has $4, he can come along with us. And so we all went to the game, and afterwards, I remember asking my dad, hey, can we go down to the locker room and get the players' autographs? And my dad said, well, okay, it is your birthday. I guess we can do that. So we just walked down to the locker room door. Nobody stops us. In fact, I don't know if they had security back then. And we wait around, and uh, here comes John Havlicek, and I just walk over, and I get his autograph. A little bit later, here comes Connie Hawkins, and I get his autograph. And I left there that night with a lifetime's worth of great memories. Now, contrast that with today's NBA. Well, by the time you get done paying for the tickets, concessions, and parking, uh, you're looking at about 200 bucks at least. And autographs? Well, just count yourself lucky if the players don't flip you off or jump into the crowd and try to punch you in the face. Of course, I don't mean to insinuate that all players these days are like Russell Westbrook. I just personally don't get the idea that there's too many of them that really give a damn about the fans. Then again, I probably just sound like an old guy, uh, which I am. Yes, you are. I'm 63 now. Which, if you're under 50 or 40 or even 30, probably sounds really decrepit. This man needs to be sent to a nursing home. And if you're a kid who is under 20, you might even look at me like I'm really uncool, and you might even feel sorry for me. Everything old sucks! But to all those kids, I will say, you're wrong. I am cool for two reasons. One, I wear nothing but band t-shirts, and two... 
I've been to more concerts than you will go to in your entire life. However, the main reason why young people should not feel sorry for me is because I will probably be dead and gone by the time you grow up and realize you are screwed. Yes! And here's what I mean. One day when you wake up from your cushy life and realize what the leaders and politicians have done and the horrible world they have left you, I will hopefully be gone. And that makes me a lucky man. Isn't that nice? Another reason why I consider myself lucky is because I was around in the 70s. And no, maybe the sports weren't as good back then because the athletes weren't as good, but I enjoyed it more. And when it came to music, oh my god, you'd go to the store and pick up the new album by Rush and it was 2112. And there was Left Overture by Kansas and uh, the first Boston album, the first Van Halen album. And all this stuff was coming out around the same time. And it was just amazing to be there and experience all that. Of course, I'll have to admit that all of the music in the 70s was not great. For every amazing song that Queen or Elton John put out, there were a thousand one-hit wonders put out by some band that you wish you'd never heard of. For example, the other day I was on YouTube and a video popped up from a band called Starbuck. Huh? That's right, before they were a coffee, Starbuck was a band in the 70s who had a hit song. And I immediately remembered the song and how much I hated it. And if you were around in the 70s and you had to hear it as much as I did back then, you would have hated it too. Because it went like this. Right. Feels right. Okay, if you don't remember this song, go to YouTube and look up Starbuck, Moonlight Feels Right. And the first thing you'll notice is the lead singer is playing keyboards sitting down right in the middle of the stage. And the first thing that gives it away that this is from the 70s is he's got one of those 70s porn mustaches. The second thing is that he's wearing a white beret. And the other thing that tells you you would never want to have anything to do with this guy is that he's wearing socks with sandals. That's attractive. So he's got an amazing look for a front man. But that was kind of the great thing about the 70s. You could look like a total goober and be a star. You didn't have to look like a model. You could just look kind of creepy like this guy. Oh my god, I've already had enough of that keyboard. Feels right. You know, you don't hear a whole lot of xylophone solos anymore. I think we could use more of that. I'm guessing back in the 70s, the xylophone player probably got less action from the groupies than, say, the bass player. I'm guessing they got a lot of, ooh, what do you do in the band? Are you the singer? Guitar player? Uh, no, uh, xylophone. I play xylophone. Okay, the one thing I do love about this song is that at the end of each verse, he does this creepy laugh. 
it's kind of this <laughs> kind of thing, and uh, it's like, yeah, I just made a double entendre. You know what I'm talking about, ladies. <laughs> when I said that line about the tide is rising, I was talking about my penis. <laughs> I guess you know I'm giving you a warning, cause me and Luna itching to play. Take you on a trip beside the ocean And drop the top of Chesapeake Bay Ain't nothing like the sky that knows a potion The moon will send you on your way Alright, so there was a song from the 70s that kind of sucked, as did Seasons in the Sun, Disco Duck, and who could forget Muskrat Love by Captain and Tennille. Yeah. However, I will argue that Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen and Frankenstein by Edgar Winter made up for it. And I suppose the same thing can be said about movies and TV. Sure, now we have hundreds of channels to pick from. And yet it still seems like there's times when there's just nothing on. For those of you who weren't alive back in the 70s, well, let me tell you. And why don't I tell you using my old man's voice? <clears throat> when I was growing up, we only had three channels. ABC, NBC, CBS, and that was it. And we liked it. Uh, well, no, we didn't actually like it that much. <clears throat> yeah, not really. I suppose there was a few good shows back then. I can't think of what they were right now. But I do know there was a whole lot of bad ones. And I would go ahead and watch them just because they were the only thing on. Like these days, most of the comedies on regular TV are just horrible. Not funny at all, but I can always go to Netflix and probably find something. When I was in high school, on the weekend, since I rarely had a date, my Saturday night would consist of The Love Boat and Fantasy Island. Now, I can't really explain why I watched Fantasy Island, but the reason I watched Love Boat was simple. Every now and then, not every week, but once in a while, one of the female guest stars would wear a bikini. Oh, yeah! And even though the dialogues and the plot lines were terrible, I was willing to sit through it just in case I got to see a glimpse of a half-naked Charo or Karen Valentine. Who? Yeah, Google them. To a teenage virgin like myself in the 70s, they weren't too bad. That's pathetic. Yes, I was quite lame. But believe it or not, The Love Boat actually wasn't the worst thing I ever watched. A form of television back then that was really popular was something known as variety shows. They were usually an hour long and they were almost always hosted by some celebrities that were hot at the moment. Like Sonny and Cher or Donnie and Marie Osmond or Mac Davis. And a lot of them only ran for about one season but they would just replace them with somebody else. And literally anybody was a candidate for a new show. Like, if you had a hit song, you got a show. For instance, Starland Vocal Band, who did Afternoon Delight, they got a show. No, 
The cow sills got a show. No! The before-mentioned Captain and Tennille got a show. No! The kids from the Brady Bunch got a show. No! And what did these shows consist of, you might ask? Well, they usually came out and did a little stand-up thing and tell some really bad jokes that were written for them. And then they'd sing a song, and then they'd come back and have a comedy skit. And then they'd have a big production musical number where they would dance. And it didn't matter who it was. They were going to dance, whether they could or not. And dear God, there was some horrible ones. There was a variety show with this couple, Shields and Yarnell. And it was this man and woman, and I'm not making this up, they were mimes. And they got their own show. And I sat there and watched it. You are lame. But that's not all. Here's another one for you. It was a variety show called Pink Lady and Jeff. And Jeff was this white comedian named Jeff Altman. And Pink Lady was these two Asian chicks. And Jeff would stand there and make jokes. And the Asian chicks would say stuff like, Oh, you're so funny, Jeff. And I gotta say, you know, a show like that just wouldn't happen these days. Because I'm sure someone would find it offensive that a white male was making jokes at the expense of a couple of Asian women. Absolutely. And so they would probably have to change the name of the show to Strong Black Women and Jamal. Racist! You know, just to make sure it was diverse. That's not racist. You know, though, I actually did like a few of the variety shows back then. There weren't many, but there were a few. The Richard Pryor show was really good. Of course, Carol Burnett was a classic. And then you had stuff like the Smothers Brothers, the Hudson Brothers. And I can't remember if it was the 70s or 80s, but you had the Mandrell Sisters. And a couple of those sisters weren't too shabby looking. But if you wanted to watch something purely for the hot chicks, nothing beat the Lola Falana Variety Hour. Oh yeah. Yeah, you may never have heard of Lola Falana, and she's probably like 90 years old now, or no longer with us. But when I was about 16 and her show came on, I had never seen anyone dance that nasty. I mean, she was so obscene that I had to make sure that my parents didn't know that I was watching it. That's disgusting! So to summarize everything I just talked about, there are a few good things about being older. You got to live during a time when sports was really fun. You didn't have to take out a loan in order to buy tickets to a game because it was less expensive. And I got to see Wilt Chamberlain play in person. How many people listening right now can say that? Well, I, I'd say 10. Also, I'll go ahead and say it. The music was better in the 70s. There's still some cool bands out there right now, but how many of them are breaking new ground? When's the last time somebody came up with a guitar sound that nobody had ever heard before? I'm going to say Eddie Van Halen, Tom Scholz, and Tony Iommi. And most of that happened in the late 60s and late 70s. And I know there's been variations with Korn and Dimebag Daryl's tone, but there hasn't been anything really new and groundbreaking that I can think of in about 30 years. And as far as television, there were bad shows in the 70s, and there's bad shows now. We just have more channels. But for my money, there's never been a show as good as Hee Haw. 
Yep. <laughs> all right, enough of all that. Let's move on to a question I got from Sabrina Nelson on Facebook. And she asked me this a couple of weeks ago, so I know this is old news by this point. But she wanted to know what I thought of Will Smith smacking Chris Rock on the Oscars. And yes, you may think you're sick of hearing about this because everybody had something to say about it. Everybody had an opinion. And like everybody else, so do I. But before I get to that, I'll start out by saying I did not watch the Oscars. I have absolutely zero interest in any of that shit. Now, if you've been listening to my podcast for a long time, you'll know that I used to do a thing where I would watch the Grammys or the American Music Awards, and I would give you my highlights or lowlights. And I watched that so you didn't have to, and uh, it was basically just to make fun of all that crap. But there came a point where I just couldn't watch it anymore. Not even for you guys. And so I stopped watching because I could no longer justify wasting my time watching talentless hacks get rewarded for making horrible music. And I did the same for the Oscars and the Emmys. I sat back and said, why would I want to watch a bunch of Hollywood elitists get awards? I hate these people. It's like Robert De Niro, great actor. But do I like him as a human being? Probably not. And really, for all these award shows, they've just become so political that the awards mean nothing. And what I'm trying to say is that the people winning the awards fit a certain agenda. I'll just say that. Well, what are you, right-wing kook? So, no, I didn't see the Will Smith controversy happen live, but yeah, I saw a lot of video. And I heard people say they thought it may be fake, but no. I didn't think it was staged at all. This was a case of a guy melting down on national TV and possibly destroying his career. And keep in mind, this is all just my opinion, but let's break it down. We've all seen it by now. You know, Chris Rock makes a joke about G.I. Jane and uh, Will Smith's wife, uh, you know, being bald. And Will Smith laughs. You can see him laugh. He thought it was funny. But he looks over at his wife, Jada, and she's not laughing. And suddenly he goes from thinking it was funny to being outraged. And he walks up on stage with his head down. And you can see Chris Rock thinks, oh, here we go. We're going to do a little comedy skit, a little impromptu thing. Instead, he slaps Chris Rock in the face and then spins around and goes back to his seat. And if you watch it even in slow motion, you'll see Will Smith's face is kind of like, yeah, I'm a badass. I showed him not to mess with me. But to me, it was a real pussy move. If you're going to assault somebody on national TV, at least walk up there and look them in the eye. And don't just throw some sucker punch out of nowhere and then immediately hightail it back to your chair. It struck me as a cheap shot and not cool at all. And then there's the second part of it. He gets back to his table and starts yelling at Chris Rock. And I heard some people say, well, at least he was standing up for his wife. I thought that was good. But no, this is a guy that got humiliated into doing something. And if you've ever been married, you know the feeling. You say or do something stupid and your wife looks at you and you're like, oh yeah, she's pissed. 
And I would understand it more if Chris Rock had jumped down off the stage and gone over and slapped Jada. And I would have actually enjoyed seeing that. But he made a joke. And if she would have just laughed it off like she should have, they could have solved it all when they got home. But she's had a history of humiliating this guy. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go on the web and look it up. And I'll be nice and I won't call her a bitch. But let's just say she's full of herself. Oh, that was harsh. So I didn't feel sorry for Jada and I didn't look at Will Smith like some kind of hero. I found it embarrassing for all of them, and yet, uh, you know, it kind of shows what these people are made of. They're phonies. And a little bit later, he gets an award, and he goes up there and gets a standing ovation. And then he talks about how God is showing him how to love more. It's all just sickening. And not only that, but this whole incident is just going to further this war on free speech. I mean, what's going to happen to comedy in the future? It's already to the point where we're never going to have another Blazing Saddles ever again. And I really think comedians are going to start going, wow, uh, can I say that, uh, even though it's hilarious? So to me, it just showed how thin-skinned and uh, phony that Hollywood is. And I'm just sick of all of them. In fact, I'm sick of a lot of people. And that's why I've come up with a list of 10 people who I would like to see get slapped. So here's my list, and I will also tell you who I would like to see slap each person. For example, I'm going to start my list out at number 10 with Will Smith. Oh, of course! You see, like I said before, Will came off like he was really a badass because he bitch slapped Chris Rock, and then he wheeled around and just ran back to his chair. But how would that have gone if it wouldn't have been Chris Rock but it had been somebody else. For instance, what if it would have been, say, Aaron Donald from the LA Rams? I'm thinking he could have made a joke about Jada, Will, and their kids, and Will wouldn't have gone up on stage. Probably not. For the most part, a bully is only a bully when he knows he can get away with it. And I don't think Will is going to go up and slap anybody's face that he knows they're going to turn around and kick his ass. So Aaron Donald, slap away. At number nine on my list of people I'd like to see get slapped, Jada Pinkett Smith. I didn't see this coming. Now I know it would seem wrong for any man to slap Jada because she's not only a woman, but she's a bald woman. And so that would be wrong. But because it's apparently okay for a man to assault another man on stage, how about I get a woman to do it? And that's why I'm going to choose Caitlyn Jenner to slap the shit out of Jada. I think that that's perfectly fine. Yeah, seems fair to me. Now, speaking of transgenders and in the spirit of equality, number eight on my list is transgender swimmer Leah Thomas. And let me explain why I'd like to see him, her get slapped. If a guy decides that he wants to identify as a woman, well, that's one thing, and I'll just leave that up to them. But when he decides he wants to compete against women in athletic events, well, that's just unfair, and it's going to ruin women's sports. Maybe they don't realize that yet, but it's going to happen. And based on the amount of interest that I have in women's sports in general, uh, well, maybe that's a good thing. Oh, hey, that is uncalled for. But this guy-girl who is breaking all these records now, that's just pissing me off. 
So I'm going to nominate former gold medalist in swimming, Mark Spitz, to slap the hell out of him or her. Even though Leah Thomas is technically a woman, I guess, Mark Spitz is in his 70s now, so he's probably not strong enough to do too much damage. At number seven, I have multiple choices. And making my list of people I'd like to see get slapped are Hillary Clinton, Nancy Pelosi, and those bitches on that TV show, The View. And I don't think I even need to explain why I hate all of them, because I think everyone hates them, even if you're a Democrat. And once again, I know as a man, I can't slap them. That would be wrong. And I never would perform a violent act on a woman. And that's why I'm going to get another female to do it. So how about getting U.S. representative from Hawaii, Tulsi Gabbard, to do it? Yeah! Tulsi is smart. She served in the army. And even though she's a Democrat, Hillary Clinton once accused her of being an agent of Russia. And so I'm pretty sure Miss Gabbard would be more than happy to take a big old swing at Hillary. Plus, it would be kind of like a cat fight. Oh, yeah! Now, to be fair to anybody who is listening, who is a Democrat or a liberal, I thought I'd let you know that there are also some Republicans who I hate and despise. And so making my list at number six are Mitt Romney and Mitch McConnell. And just so I don't make this show too political, I'm just going to get right to it, put them in a small room with Eric Swalwell, and let him flatulate. I know that's not a slap, but it's pretty much just as bad. And it's also pretty funny. <laughs> yeah! Number five on my list is just kind of a personal choice. It's actor-comedian Pete Davidson. And you might think that was a strange pick, but, you know, he's just such a douche. I don't think he's funny. He's on Saturday Night Live, and I don't think I've ever laughed at the guy. He just seems like an arrogant prick, and, uh, you know, he's uh, with Kim Kardashian now. So right there, you know, he's got to get slapped. And I could think about it all day, but I really don't care who slaps him. Just somebody. Please. Do it. At number four, it's Brian Stelter and anyone on CNN, MSNBC, or the liberal media. You're all a bunch of liars and you want to silence anyone who doesn't think like you. And so I'm going to send Elon Musk over to give you all a great big bitch slap. Okay, there I went again, making the show political. I'm really sorry. But I just can't help it. These people piss me off so much. And I'll try to stay off the politics in the future. But right now, I got to do it some more. Because at number three, it's Joe Biden. And I know he's an old man, he's senile, and we should just feel sorry for him. But I don't. He wanted this job and he sucks at it. But I'm trying to be positive. And every time I go to a gas station, I think of that song that Cher sang. Happiness are extremely high gas prices and a thing called Joe. Oh, wow! How touching is that? So, God help us all. I hope we survive all of this. But until then, I just gotta hope that maybe Corn Pop steps in one of these days and slaps the shit out of him. You are disrespectful! Number two is LeBron James, and you know how I feel about him. I think he's a racist and one of the biggest douchebags on earth. 
He's ruined basketball for me. No one will stop talking about him. And he will never stop talking about himself. And so in my dreams, I just think about maybe one day Nikola Jokic from the Denver Nuggets or maybe the real goat Michael Jordan just give LeBron the open-handed smack. (laughs) Oh, please, God, let that happen. I want to see it. And finally, at number one, the person on my list who is most deserving of a full-on bitch slap, Dr. Fauci. There's no doubt about it. The guy may be one of the most corrupt people to ever walk the earth. I don't think he was right about one single thing, and I think he knew it. And yet he was praised by the media from the very beginning. And as of today, he has still not apologized for anything. And really all I'm looking for would be a simple, uh, yeah, I'm an asshole, I lied to you, I was completely wrong. But he's not going to do that. And he still continues to show up every now and then and say things like, there may be a point where you're all going to have to go back to wearing a mask. And that's why that SOB needs to get slapped. And there's only one person that should do it. And that's me. That's right. How you like that, Fauci? You want to lock us down, huh? You knew the whole time that masks don't do anything, didn't you? Oh, and those vaccines, they were going to fix everything, Uh uh-huh. Have you had enough, Fauci? All right, moving right along. I got a message the other day from Jamie Roller on Facebook. And I got to say, first of all, that Jamie Roller is a really cool name. It's almost as cool as John Rocker, except nobody likes John Rocker. Definitely not. Yeah, remember him? He played for the Braves. He was a pitcher, and he said something. I don't even remember what it was. It was racist or homophobic or something, and uh, everyone just decided that he was the worst person on earth. And it ruined his career, and he went away, and I don't know what happened to him. But he had a cool name, John Rocker, and so does Jamie, Jamie Roller. In fact, if you're a musician, Jamie, you could have a band. And you could call it Jamie and the Rollers, or Jamie Roller and the Rockers. Isn't the name terrific? But anyway, Jamie sent me a message and he says, Hey, Monty, I have just one question. What is a woman? Oh, is that a good question? Wow, Jamie. Well, you know, that's a hard one to answer because, you know, I'm not a gynecologist. But I can tell you that when I was growing up, the answer was simple. The definition of a biological woman was any human being that feels like they're a woman, that's a woman. It didn't matter if you had a penis or a vagina. You could just decide what you were and that was it. But that was the 60s, and, you know, everything has changed since then. That was a different time. So I can't even begin to answer that question because everything these days is based on science and facts. And since I'm not a Supreme Court justice, I don't have enough common sense or intelligence to know anything about either of those. However, what I can do for you today is tell you what I know about women that I have learned over the course of my life. I've been in several relationships over the years, and I've been married twice. 
And the first thing I can tell you is that women are extremely complex. And if it's one thing that I understand about women, it's that I will never understand them. Believe me, I've tried, but I don't think it can be done. So as men, we just have to do the best we can to coexist. Now, as a footnote to all this, let me point out that I have been divorced twice. And you're probably saying to yourself right now, but Monty, why should I listen to you? You're a huge failure at relationships. Well, you're right, I am. But that's exactly why you should listen to me. You see, I made so many mistakes and did so many things the wrong way that I pretty much wrote the book on what not to do with a girlfriend or a wife. And so let me just throw out a few suggestions for you. And the first thing is pick your battles. Over the course of a relationship with a woman, you will have many, many arguments. And if you see a conversation is heading in that direction, just run the other way. However, if you do find yourself in an argument, watch every single thing you say because it will be held against you at some point. It could be a few days or a few months. It might even be years later. But at some point, you will be reminded about the time that you said something insensitive or thoughtless. So there are definitely times when it's better just to keep your mouth shut. And for God's sakes, don't try and win an argument with a woman because you never will. Even if your side of the argument is totally right and makes complete sense. Duh, you're damn right. Another thing I've learned is that women will come to men with their problems. And they want to tell us about their problems and we're going to want to try and fix it. Because that's what men do. We like to fix things. The weird thing is, is they don't really want you to fix anything. They just want to talk about it and complain. So the best thing you can do is just sit there and listen and act like you care. Unfortunately, this tactic doesn't always work. Because she may come back to you later and say, you know, I came to you with my problems and you didn't even try to help. So just keep that in mind. I mean, I, I, you can make the case that some of them are literally psycho. Another thing that men don't understand about women is that women have certain needs. And I'm not even talking about things like love and affection. I'm thinking about things that women need to do, like going to a beauty parlor to get their nails done. Oh. To a man, that's just a ridiculous waste of money. Well, yeah. Now, if she wants to go to one of those places that give Brazilian wax jobs, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, it is. As men, we also don't understand the whole decorating thing. Every season or holiday, they're going to want to go to somewhere like Hobby Lobby and buy decorations for the house. And they're probably going to want you to help put them up. And once again, as a man, you're just going to think that's all a waste of time and money. But here's my suggestion for all of that stuff. Just let them do it. What? If they're buying plaques that say Merry Christmas or live, love, laugh, or they're getting their toes done, and they're not finding fault with you, just let it go. Let them do it. Just let it be. Not only will that crap hopefully make her happy, but you can keep that in your back pocket the next time she complains about you buying action figures. Say what you want about him. The man knows what he's talking about. Here's something else I've found to be true about women in my many years of dealing with them. 
and it is, as a rule, women do not like or care about sports. Now, there are exceptions, like the relationship I'm in right now. Alex actually likes sports. In fact, there's been times when she'll say, why don't we go to a game? And she'll even buy the tickets. But that's very rare. That's never happened to me in my life. And I'm extremely lucky that she will actually go to games with me and even watch them on TV. And as a bonus, she also likes heavy metal music. So Alex was a rare find. But I'm telling you, in general, women do not like sports. And if by some freaky chance they do like sports, uh, they're probably working for ESPN. Huh? Because ESPN has become so political and so woke that they only hire women or women of color to do their broadcasting. That's a lie! And there's some of them that I do not mind. But there's one in particular that drives me crazy. Her name is Doris Burke, and she does the color commentary now on the NBA games. And her voice annoys me so much that I have to watch the playoffs now with the sound off. Nobody does that! Listening to her is like being at a family reunion with your obnoxious aunt who thinks she knows everything and won't just shut the hell up. Oh my lord! Yeah, that's Doris Burke. But I think I got off the subject a little bit. What drug are you smoking? Anyway, to wrap all this up, the one thing I know about women for sure is that they possess voodoo-like powers. And as men, there's nothing we can do about it. Because their powers can make a man do idiotic things and make horrible decisions. And man, have I ever made some bad decisions. But I think I'm finally on the right track. I got myself a good one. I'm thinking with my brain. And I'm feeling good and I'm enjoying life. And so thank you to Jamie Roller for that question. I hope I did a good job answering it somewhat. I could talk about it for hours, but I'll just leave it at that. Now, before I go, I wanted to thank a few people. First of all, thanks to Steven Groover for ordering my Crunchy CDs and a Rockcast t-shirt. That stuff isn't for sale anywhere on the web that I know of, but if you're interested, uh, drop me a message. I'd also like to thank Todd Bush and Clayton Barnett for commissioning me to do paintings for them. And thanks to everyone who ordered prints. Uh, I can't name everyone right now, but just a few of the recents. Uh, Cole Woodard, Eric Wood, Patrick Edmonds, uh, William Alexander, Jimmy G, Aaron Gorham, Tiffany Campbell, and Thor. Thanks for ordering prints, guys. I really appreciate it. Also, thanks to Eric Malmstrom for his kind donations. I never ask for donations, but if you'd like to help me out here with the podcast, just go to my website, montycalvinart.com, and order a print. It all goes to a good cause, like gas and food, and it will be much appreciated. Anyway, I'm going to send you off now with a song from Rick Derringer. I talked about music in the 70s. Well, back in, I think it was like 78, I saw Rick Derringer live. He opened up for Peter Frampton at Arrowhead Stadium. And it was the first time I'd ever seen anyone use a wireless system on their guitar. And at the end of his set, he took off his guitar and he threw it to his other guitar player, who then threw his guitar at the same time over to Rick. And they caught each other's guitars and just started playing again. And that just blew my mind. 
I was about 18 and that was just so incredible to me at the time. And when I got back home, I went to the record store and I bought Rick Derringer Live on vinyl. And I've always liked this album and I really like this song. It's called Teenage Love Affair. And I hope you dig it, but that's going to do it for me for now. I'll be back soon with more fun and mayhem, but until then, this has been Monty saying take care, don't let anyone tell you what to like, unless it's me. And rock on!
That's the end of it.